Good afternoon, audience. This is the Hotness and Sweetly, and welcome back to another edition of our Restaurant Magic Podcast Show. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited. We're foodies. We love to eat, and we're just in it to win it. And um, we love to interview um, chefs, sous chefs, caterers, restaurant owners, dishwashers, anything dealing with the food industry, we want to know all about it. Yes, and who is more important than the food industry than farmers, right, Sweetly? Yes, the farmers, the one who takes care of the stuff we're eating. Yes, they are so crucial to the food scene, and we were just lucky enough to stumble upon Miss Chantel. She, her company, or her farm, I'm sorry, Chantel, her farm is off-grid in color. And I know I read that you did, you raised pigs, turkeys, and chickens. So we are just dying for more information about what you do. So how are you doing? And please tell us about your business. Yes, everyone. We are in the year 2020, and we are in the midst of COVID-19. Surviving and thriving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and off-grid in color. Is, I like to describe it as a um, as a sanctuary for health and wellness, and our mission is to lead people to take steps towards greater self-sufficiency through farm-raised goods, which we produce of um, pasture-raised meat, chicken, pork, and turkey, dual services, and community outreach. Wonderful. So how did this come about? How did it get started, Chantel? Tell us. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Chicago on the southeast side um, to a mother who raised five wonderful children and as I was following the American dream getting good grades and going to school my brothers were back at home being shot and one of them my youngest one 19 years old was shot several times back in May 2014 and died 15 months later from the impacts of um from uh, as a result from the gun violence incident mm-hmm. and it was I had recently had moved to North Carolina and I was just looking at myself and all I have done and I was like well goddamn I went traveled the world I went to fancy schools and universities and it seems like nothing nothing that I did was enough to save um people in my community from dying at the hands of of gun violence and I really felt like um the main killer of my brother was the system was the criminal justice system was the health system was the education system and so forth so I decided I was going to get lost in the woods and that's what I did I ran to the arms of mother earth and since then she's been taking care of me I don't own land so it's a beauty and a curse the curse is when you don't have land it's really hard to set roots but the beauty of it is I've been able to travel across North Carolina to different lands um, and learn different skills and so one thing I realized was I couldn't take plants with me but I can raise animals I really studied and learned um, which breeds to raise which animals to raise how long did it take in feed conversion and how much did it cost to get them processed and how do I retail them out and how do I use those funds to further my mission and doing the work that I I do with off-grid color okay so I think I think it's coming together in my mind now so you are raising these animals from birth, and then uh, you, you're selling them, is that correct? I raise them from, from birth, and mm-hmm. then I, I take them to be processed, um, and then I take the meat, and people eat chicken and pork chops. And, so when you, you, know, you, when like you say process, you what does that mean? 
slaughtered. Okay. So I take the, the pigs to be slaughtered and, mm-hmm. and the poultry to be slaughtered. Okay. And then you actually sell the meat. Then I sell the meat. I mm-hmm. understand. Now, is there, there, I know we were talking earlier and you said that you were in transition. So you're, you have some animals in Pittsburgh and some in Salisbury and you go back and forth and you, um, you take care of these animals, correct? Yes. I don't have any animals currently in Salisbury. Salisbury mm-hmm. is where it all kind of just kicked off. Okay. Um, and I still have a customer base there, so I still serve my customers there, quality meat. And I've been um, fortunate enough to be positioned to um, lease land, this time on black-owned land. I'm super excited about that. In an area where I have greater access to a larger customer base to expand the work that I'm doing, um, not only to increase profits, but also just to touch more communities. Well, in looking at your website um, or your Facebook page, I see a lot of uh, where you're feeding the animals. Now, is it something different that you feed your animals uh, from the other farmers? Yes and no. I say no because a lot, I feel like a lot of farmers do the best that they can. One mm-hmm. thing I do a little bit differently, particularly with the hogs, is I ferment their feed, their feed. so I take buckets of, um, of their, their grain and I soak it for three days. Kind of like if you ever had kombucha or any kind of fermented food, it's just really good for your digestion. Digestion helps you break the food down so you can better absorb the nutrients. Okay. So I do do that for, for my hogs. And I purchase the grain I use is non-GMO. So um, I like to give a little difference between what's conventional feed, what's non-GMO, and what's organic. Conventional means they just use use a seed and they can it could be genetically modified and they can spray it. Um, non GM and it's just it's usually a cheaper grain. Non GMO is kind of in the middle. It's just a non genetically modified seed, but we don't you know the farmer can use whatever chemicals or no chemicals they want on to to produce the grain or whatnot. The same thing goes to vegetables too. And organic usually means that the seed has not been genetically modified and the farmer is using organic methods, um, certain chemicals, um, you know, that are approved, that are more safer and natural to produce that crop. Now, I know that you said um, that, you know, your education was a big part of your life and uh, mm-hmm. you decided to go a different avenue, I'm assuming, with the farming. What kind of education did you have to um, indulge into to, to get this, get these smarts to take care of this, these animals in the farm? Oh, well, I have zero education in animal husbandry. I have a bachelor's degree in history and a master's degree in social work. Um, <laughs> I did a lot of listening to other farmers, uh, uh-huh. working on other people's land. I YouTube channels, mentoring with other farmers, asking questions, not not being afraid to tell people what I'm doing, and being okay with people saying no, that's wrong, and try it this way. So a lot of trial trial in the area. But I think the education I did receive through liberal arts college just made me just a really good critical thinker, being okay with asking questions. Um, and questioning questions and, and things like that. And as a social worker, I use that a lot. <laughs> a lot at the farmer's market and working with people, just really good people skills. Look at that. Really, you know, really you know, getting to know people. Hey, Chantel, one of the questions I have is how do you connect with the people you sell the meat to after you process, you know, the chickens, the turkeys, the pigs? How do you connect with the um, people to sell it? Because it sounds like you have really good quality meat, and it would be in high-end demand. Yes. So 
the biggest way I sell my product is through farmer's markets. Um, the main one I've been at uh, for the past couple of years has been the Salisbury Ruin in Salisbury, North Carolina. And this year I've been so fortunate to be able to expand to um, not one, but five farmer's markets this year. So we are expecting big growth this year. I got into one farmer's market, which is called the Carborough Farmer's Market. It's been around for decades. Um, it's a life-changing farmer's market that a, a farmer can actually earn a living from. And so we'll be at five farmer's markets this year. One of my favorite ones is the is the Black Farmer's Market that um, a group called August in the Park does that hosts a Black Farmer's Market um, in June, around Juneteenth, and then in November. It's a really good time to go out and connect with black folks because all my other farmers market, um, are a lot of white folks, which is nothing wrong with it because my customer base are middle-aged white women, so they keep my <laughs> they keep my business afloat. But I look forward to the to the black farmers market that um in Durham that Black August in the Park host. Well, what would you tell some of our listeners out there and our foodies who uh, want to adventure into this farming life? What would you advise them and suggest and, and the steps that they would need to take? Yes, I love this question. The first thing I would say is not everyone needs to be a farmer, uh, but everyone has a role to play in the farming world. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about how... What are other ways that you can be a part of the chain of producing food? Do you want to be a a distributor? Do you want to be a wholesaler? Um, If you have a restaurant, how can you partner with local local farmers? I know one of the big things are chicken is one of the ones that are a very cheap meat, but it's not a cheap meat to raise for... um, the farmers so how can you you know partner with farmers and get locally raised poultry and things like that there's so many different ways to get into the agricultural world and you don't necessarily have to be a farmer but that doesn't mean you can't be one so just think outside the box well i did see um one of your posts where you were talking about rising early in the morning as well as your affirmations and um just encouraging uh, words to motivate yourself as well as I'm sure you were sharing that with others so they could do the same so I was just wondering um, is there any affirmations out there that you want to tell our listeners um, so they could just you know to help them to get rise up early in the morning and just give themselves a, a boost yes uh, what I love about uh, my social media platform is I tell it all I think it's really important to you know, be transparent in your work and things like that and so sometimes I have down days and sometimes I have good days and you know one thing that I I try to do especially when I'm having really dark moments in my life is I wake up in the morning and I say five things that I love about myself and then I say five things that I want to forgive myself for like lately I've been calling myself fat Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? You are not sad. You are beautiful. Amen. You have these curves that are here for a reason. You have hips that can help birth a nation. Mm -hmm. You are beautifully made. Five things that I love about myself. Five things that I want to forgive myself for. Five things that I want to work on. And those are things I try to do every morning to be, you know, uplifting and encouraging. 
Yeah, those are serious words of wisdom, and I hope our audience appreciates that. Maybe you guys can also implement Chantel's advice and just focusing on yourself and stop focusing, I guess, on the negative. Exactly. Because we all have those things that we sort of nitpick nitpick at ourselves, but um, I think that's wonderful that you're doing that, Chantel. Um, One of the questions, other questions I had is, so you're a city girl from Chicago. How are you not afraid of the... um, chickens and the turkeys and the pigs. I thought you picked one of them turkeys up, girl. You had no problem with it. Like, how did you do that? Oh, my gosh. In the beginning, when I first started in 2016, before I really got serious in, like, 2018, uh-huh. I remember being so afraid to pick up a chicken. And I was on one piece of land with a family, and I remember this five-year-old used to help me at night put the chickens away because I was so scared. This little girl was so badass. She was able to, like, round those chickens up and get them in the coop. And I was like, oh, my wow. gosh, I just need to have that ability. It took time. It was, I just, like I said, I didn't have any skill set right. um, when I came into this. I just believed it was time to do something different. Um, and I just practiced, you know, practiced getting comfortable with the, with the chickens and getting comfortable with the hogs. The pigs are a totally different beast in themselves. They're very... They can be very loving and gentle, but they also you gotta be also be very careful because at some point when they when you first get them, they're like 25, 30 pounds, but within six months they're gonna be twice your size. Wow! <laughs> and have you know having to learn how to teach them to to respect you and, and and to love you and to care about them. And I really tell people that I truly do love my animals. I really, really do. And I have so many customers have told me that they believe my meat is different because they can feel the love and the meat. And I truly believe that's why my meat tastes differently from from other farmers because I really do love and care for my animals. Well, how do you do that? Then you fall in love with these animals knowing what the end is going to be. I mean, how do you, because are you looking at the fact that you are um, going to be nourishing your fellow man? Is that, that what, you know, breaks up that feeling or? Yes, I remember someone telling me that I love my grandmother, but I don't eat her. It's like, well, then that's not your grandmother's purpose, is it? That was never right. grandmother's purpose, purpose to be eaten. Right. Um, these animals, when they come to my land, they have a purpose. They're going to nourish families, and right. they're going to nourish souls, and they're going to provide nutrients. I get it. And that is their purpose. Um, everything has a purpose. Everything has a start date and an expiration date. Okay. Just like Chantel Johnson, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm serving a purpose, and these animals serve a purpose. Every time I take them to the processor, I pray for them, and I thank them. Mm-hmm. When I My poultry, I take them, and I actually I have a, um, a very uh, uh, important hand in the processing of my poultry. And sometimes I slaughter them myself, and I slit their necks, and each one... Each neck that I slit, I place my hand on that chest and I say thank you. Mm. And mm. I hear them. I feel the kicks. I feel the heart slow down. And it does, so, and it, it does sadden me. Mm. It does. Mm. But the day that I feel nothing is the day I will quit farming. Yes, yes. That sounds like you're very compassionate. And I think that's really important, um, especially, like you said, people that can taste, you said your food tastes different um, when they eat it. I, one of the questions I wanted to know was, how did you come up with the name Off Grid in Color? <laughs> 100% Off Grid like I used to be, but there were, there have been several, um, you know, a few, a couple of years throughout this where I was 100% Off Grid. So, for one, I think people know what Off Grid means. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that it means kind of being off the beaten path, 
kind of disconnected and providing for yourself. It's never off grid. It's never supposed to mean representative of what I'm actually doing. It's to really catch, you know, attention like, wow, off grid. But I have lived 100% off grid for over a year before and I know how it is. I do have that experience. Off grid was just a catchy name um, because people know that it means self-sufficiency. And in color, was really because sometimes when people think about someone living off grid or a typical homesteader, they're thinking about a burly white man in the mountains somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, in color, is all about it doesn't have to be somewhere off in the mountains. It could be fashionable. It can be in style. It can be somewhere in New York on the 15th floor in a high rise, or it can be somewhere off in the mountains. And also, in color, is also a spinoff for folks of color, particularly black people that this lifestyle is for us too. So I have a question. Um, how much of a role do you play in the preservatives that goes on your meat? Or are there are, are there any? Well, yeah, with the only um, preservatives on the meat is typically the, the sausage and the, um, the bacon. Okay. And uh, in order to have bacon, you have to use salt. That's what was used back in the old days to preserve the pork mm-hmm. on the side meat. Um, and the sausages, you know, they have salt in it and other seasonings. So sometimes I might get mild sausage made. Or I might get garlic brats made. Or I might get chorizo. Chorizo is a really um, popular one on the farm, chorizo. Yeah. So th- those are the only ones that might get some some kind of preservative, which in my mind, preservative is a salt, and that's all they use um, in the process of the facility, and salt is something natural. Okay, yeah, because we do know that there are all types of preservatives out there now that are totally not healthy for us. So, um, farming is is just, this is amazing to me. I know we went, uh, we were blessed when we first started this podcast to go to Vermont, where uh, there was one black farmer left and he had like I think 147 acres I believe and um yeah it was just interesting and phenomenal how they you know lived and and just he put two barns together made a beautiful home and and uh it was just really really interesting and then for us to speak to another farmer um and and see the other side because he dealt with hay and roots and 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 vegetables and and things of that nature and now here you are with the meat part uh we are just learning so much and i pray that our foodies and listeners are um is learning as well so before we in this um, interview, I just want you to let the uh, people know how they can get in contact with you through social media or however, or how they maybe can order your your produce. And, yes, and, your and delicious tell us. Yes. Yes. Um, I can be best. It's best to follow um, up to date information and whatnot on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is Off Grid and Color. Mm-hmm. Um, also Facebook. I'm working on my website's under construction right now, working on revamping that, but that will be up and about again soon. But the best way is on um, on Instagram. And on my link tree, you can find all the various ways that you can participate in the work that we're doing. Off Green Color is a community-based organization, and a lot of the work that we do is funded by the community. Just recently, the community helped purchase two farm vehicles that was needed for the farm. Okay. Um. 
And we also, this year, we're going to launch a program where, I, you know, we're going to raise 100 turkeys, but we want to raise an additional 20 to provide for not just families in need, because if you want a turkey, there are a lot of places you can go to get a free turkey, but we want to provide farm-raised turkeys to families in need who won't typically, are, who won't typically um, purchase this meat, because I, I have recognized and I do understand that this work, this food is not as affordable as I would like. But because of the community focus of the organization, this year we're going to set 20 we're going to raise an additional 20 turkeys to be able to give to families who believe in you know local sustainable meat um and so you can participate in that i also have a homestead workshop and retreat where you can learn to do what i'm doing it's set for late may but the, <laughs> what's going on right now it might be postponed until um September, and you can always come to the Salisbury Farmers Market, the Farrington Farmers Market, the Carborough Farmers Market, um, the Raleigh's Farmers Market, or the Black Farmers Market, um, hosted by August in the Park, and come check us out and purchase meat there. I have T-shirts uh, with me on there, surrounded by uh, animals that be a farmer. You can go on the, on um, uh, IG, Instagram to find information about that. Um, and also just want to shout out the land I'm on this year, um, outside of Pittsburgh. It's my, it's my boyfriend's land, but I'm super happy that this year I'm able to be on black land and be able to, you know, support and help contribute to black land because we don't have much of it left. All right. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, that's one thing we learned when we went to Vermont and how the black owned farmland disappeared but we just really want to um say thank you and is your instagram handle off grid in color Chantel? yep that's good awesome all right Chantel. so we so appreciate again all the information that you have given us and i just wanted to say you at the beginning of the um interview you said that you just wanted to run away from everything and, and, and get into the nature and get away from the city and things like that but i tell you girl you running away what you did if you have brought things back to your your, mm. your community and we so appreciate that and thank you so much for all your hard work and effort and your diligence because this has to take diligence <laughs> and, oh and God, discipline yeah. discipline girl so we so appreciate it but before we leave I was just one question that I, I just needed to ask you was there ever a time in this process that you wanted to just say I'm done with this oh yeah that's, that's a few weeks ago <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like yesterday. <laughs> Sometimes I think about this. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Uh-huh. I didn't. I got this. I have a quarter million dollar education. And when I add up all what it costs for me to have learned through the school, it costs a quarter million dollars. I'm like, I should be a social worker somewhere or helping run in an agency or something like that. And sometimes it gets, it gets really hard and it gets depressing and being, you know, I love to farm, but I also have to be a business owner, and sometimes that's really difficult for me to manage, mm-hmm. um, and that's um, one reason why I lean so much on a community, because I can't do it all. It's just it's just me. I am the brand, but I can't do it all, and so I decided, well, how am I going to make this work, you know, because it just can't be for me. Like you just pointed out, like, I ran to the woods, but I came out because people were, so many people ask me, how do you do it? How do you get started? Can you teach me? Can you do this? Mm-hmm. And then I got into, you know, doing birth work and mm-hmm. then doing community outreach. And I said, well, community, if this is what you want, 
you like this, then you have to fund it. And so but it took a lot of just sitting back and like putting my ego to the side and saying, I need help. And you all seem to like this. So how can we all work together? Mm -hmm. So it was just a few weeks ago. I was literally had $37 in my, my bank account. And I was trying to figure out how was I going to, um, I'm just getting teary on that. How am I going to fund the mm -hmm. barn? Mm -hmm. And, and I knew this month I had a talk coming up because I do speaking engagements too. This month I had a talk coming up at Catawba College and another one at Yale University in April. But this is February and I only had $37 in my bank account. Yeah. Like, how do I get to mm. those moments? And then my cars broke down. Like, oh my gosh, I got into these farmers markets, but I ain't got no animals to raise. And I was mm. fortunate enough, I got a small a small um, money loan through Slow Money NC that charges, you know, off the school, very, very low interest rate for farmers. So I got that, that was great. But then my vehicles broke down. So I asked the community for support, and I was able to raise around, you know, $3,000, $4,000. And I'm so happy that I did, because now with this coronavirus those talks i just said just got canceled yeah two hundred dollars out mm -hmm. the window mm -hmm. yeah right. it's if affecting a lot help, of things if i didn't ask for help That's in right. february oh my gosh mm -hmm. so being now, humble still, look at hurt. what being humble does it tells us being humble be humble you know, being, being mm -hmm. humble and I'm so happy. You know, I'm still a little tight now because I, I wasn't expecting that. But mm -hmm. if I didn't ask, I wouldn't have anything at this point. Look, just, you've come this far. <laughs> he's not going to leave you now, girl. So to God be the so glory. Yeah. I got, a big, I got a big community that wants to see not just me be successful, but the work continue to impact communities around me. Sounds great. So, Chantel, I'm going to be looking for off-grid and color in our supermarket. That's soon. right. Girl, I'm just claiming it right now for you, okay? <laughs> and right. this interview, again, has been just awesome. So, this has been the hotness and sweetly checking out what off-grid in color with Chantel Farming Girl doing that thing is all about. Hey, now. All right. Hey girl, that's a nice t-shirt you're wearing. Where did you get it? I got it from TeamJesusClothing.com. Really? I like the messaging and the colors. They're so vibrant. Yes, TeamJesusClothing.com has a lot of t-shirts and hoodies with encouraging messages. They have styles for both men and women. Wow, thanks for letting me know. I'm going to TeamJesusClothing.com to place my order now. Yes, definitely go to TeamJesusClothing.com and be sure to check out my favorite shirt designs, Team Jesus and Won't He Do It. I can't wait. TeamJesusClothing.com, here I come.